So we're back with another episode of the Bit by Bit podcast. Um, this is a special episode. I'm here with my friend, a dear friend, Brandon. Uh, you've been on before in the early episodes. Uh, this is an episode of the Byterian Collection, and we're talking about a new edition. I, I guess we usually we do in the Byterian Collection uh, older films, but we're talking about a new film, House Party. Not the old House Party. This is the new 2023 uh, House Party. How's it going, Brandon? It's going good, man. I appreciate you having me back on your podcast. And I'm honestly, we were even kind of talking before we rolled that like we we definitely got a lot of thoughts. And I feel like hopefully this episode gets a lot of people to actually have an interest to go see this new house party because mm-hmm. and let's just I gotta start off by saying that the marketing for this movie was bad. I just yes. have to be honest because I get not every movie needs to be like Wakanda forever, but like the marketing for this movie was just little to non-existent from all they kind of did was like put out it all for at least from my knowledge. Like this is how the movie got to my attention. I knew about it because I'm a big personal fan of Calmat of Calmatic's work already. So mm-hmm. I was already an avid follower of him already. But if you weren't, you wouldn't know. But when they announced, they put out a big trailer and it was kind of like, that was it. So I'm like, okay, that's it. And then we talked about it. Like Jacob, Jacob Lattimore came on an episode on the late night show with Jimmy Kimmel. And he kind of promoted the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we've seen Calmatic like on a couple, we've noticed him recently kind of getting on podcasts and interviews talking about his journey mm-hmm. and of course house party. But like, other than that, it's just been, there hasn't been a lot of word of mouth and I kind of want to share, and this is the big catalyst for like, cause I want to tell y'all like my experience going to the movie was I went on a Friday matinee and literally it was me and two other people in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, this is sad because I'm like, I I just it, this is a movie I expected to see black people of all kinds, like, you know, straight and narrow hood. Rap. Like I expected like I it's expected my people, theater. Exactly. And it's Friday. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like this literally is like the perfect weekend movie to just kick back with friends and yeah have a good time with so to own so to go in and only be two people in there i'm like oh man this is this is sad but luckily despite the regardless of the amount of people the movie itself which was the most important thing was honestly a good way to kick off the new year i had a great great time with this movie i'm gonna go back a little bit um on to just to give you my interpretation of the trailer or even before the trailer, because I know that film um, from what I had heard or read that it was supposed to come out last summer. I think of it was supposed to be, if you remember HBO max um, when they were doing like the releases, like the at home releases. Mm -hmm. And I think it was supposed to be like the last little tidbit of the at home and theater releases or something like that. And then they got like the new president of the company for Warner right. Brothers. And 
then I think he was like burying the film. And I don't know if that's true or not. I have no clue, obviously. Um, but that's something I think I read online or in an article. Um, someone can correct me if I'm wrong. But then I heard it got shelved and they were trying to bury the film. And next thing you know, this trailer comes out. It's a red band trailer. I mean, it's great because, you know, you get to hear all the cursing you want to. But the problem with the Red Band trailer, as we all know, you have to log into YouTube for a Red Band trailer. So for the average person who doesn't have a YouTube account, they can't just watch it on YouTube. You know, you have to log into YouTube, as I'm explaining. So it's already has these things against it. And it's just like, okay. And then, yeah, you have Jacob Lattimore. He goes on Jimmy Kimmel now in 2023. And he comes in after you know these uh you know the actresses for 80 for brady and i'm thinking okay they're gonna show a clip from house party no they ask him about his time on maury when he was like eight years old or six or eight years old and they don't show a clip from house party and then they ask him okay that's it thanks you're not gonna show a clip from house party when it technically does need the promotion and then you get cal maddock he's like doing this press tour and it's like a great press tour, but it's like, guys, go turn out and like support this film. And you have people, they're like, I'm not going to see this movie. It's not the original house party. So when I went to go see the film last week, I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be a packed out theater. No, it was like only five people in the theater and myself. And I went and seen it and it was an amazing experience. Like I've seen the movie twice now and I really enjoyed the film. Like you said, like it was really it was a really good experience, but I hate the bias people have towards it. Of, oh, it's not the original house party. It's not supposed to be the original house party. Just like the trailer showed, it, it's not the original house party. Like, stop making it seem like it's supposed to be this. <laughs> it's not you kid know, and play. No, I'm. You really nailed it right on the head, man. Like when I when I left the theater, I wrote some of my thoughts down, and one of the things I literally wrote, and I have it here, and it says. Despite despite sharing the same title as the original, this movie at the end of the day is its own thing. Mm-hmm. Please stop comparing this film to the original. It's literally like it literally defeats the purpose because like I went into this and the first couple minutes I knew I'm like this is its own entity. It's yeah. not these kids ain't in high school and there's not a bunch of high, like these are grown men in their mid to late twenties trying to hustle and figure out who they are as people and creatives and stuff. And, you know, we'll get into it, but I think my, if I was to review this, which clearly we kind of are now, but like, to me, the way I describe this movie, this is like a fun love letter to South central LA, to be honest with you. Like, this like I've oh I've never been to Los Angeles. I've always kind of I've, oh it's a weird that I say this, but I'm like I've always kind of viewed LA through the perspective of like different media outlets, like all Dev Digital and mm-hmm. all this kind of like I grew up where I watched a lot of LA like creators. So like when I watched this movie, it was so cool to see all of these like well known LA artists and creators kind of make cameos in this, which we will man we'll we'll definitely have a segment where we got to just talk about just this is cameo city i'm man <laughs> it, it really is but it's it serves a purpose but like yeah i just really think this is not the people i need you to hear my words real quick this is not the original movie 
Yeah. Do not go into this movie thinking that you are going to get the original 1990 classic. It's not that. This is its own thing. The only thing that is the same is that they share the same title. Mm-hmm. That kid and play do make a cameo in it. But and that's that, that's it. Yeah. That's it. It's its own movie. And that's honestly to me is what I don't, I've been reading some of these critic reviews and responses that all they talk about is this doesn't have the charm and the originality of the original <laughs> film. Oh, it's, it has a, it's a definitely a lot more for modern audiences, but it doesn't capture the spirit of the original classic. And I'm just like, which is so interesting because people are making the original film and I love the original house party, but people absolutely. make the original house party seem as if I don't even know, like it was some Oscar winning film and it's like, calm down. This movie is not as complex as you're making it seem like they, they also came out with a bunch of duds after that one film. And it's yep. like this movie outweighs all those other duds it's something for the now and i see so many people our age and younger complain like oh we don't have and people who are a little bit older than us they complain like oh we don't have any like good films where we can just hang out and you know we're just chilling anymore and we get a good laugh then you get a film where there's no violence yeah they're struggling but they're not struggling where it's trauma on the screen you know, all this dude is doing is like, hey, I need to come up with money for my daughter. The other guy is an Instagram promoter. And if I explain it, it sounds cheesy, but it sounds cheesy when someone actually says they're an Instagram promoter in real life. Exactly. <laughs> like, how do you think that sounds when someone really says it in real life? So it's a realistic movie. Like, I don't know, Cal Matic and his crew like the crew behind this and Calmatic, they paint this picture of like so realistic. And then Stephen Glover and um, Jamal Alori, they wrote the script like so beautifully. And I've been seeing Stephen Glover's tweets. He's like, there's like five to six house party movies outside of this. He's like, stop comparing this movie to those other films because everybody's like, oh, this isn't the original house party. He's duh, idiots. <laughs> there's so many to pick from man you're you're absolutely right and like it's just that's that's the part that's honestly it's it's kind of frustrating to me because like i get it we have particularly like i'm just gonna say i can't really i mean maybe i could be slightly wrong but i think when i hear like when it comes to like millennials and gen zers like they grow up watching those particular films and they see that and it's like I actually was talking to a friend about this the other day where it's like we're very we I talked about I talked about like how they were like two great black eras in like media which was in mm. the 70s it was the black exploitation era but that it was problematic but the representation was like incredible mm-hmm. but then we t- and then I talked about which we're getting into is the 90s era which was the which i call the 90s black renaissance in a way it's there's no official title for it but we all know that in the 90 in the early to basically from the 90s to early 2000s there was just this pinnacle of this black content everywhere from fresh prince to martin to house party and you know and they were in some it was there was an eclectic 
style of everything but when it came to these like particular like fun films like how the original house party that movie literally just like this one is like it's not a serious commentary on like black struggle it's just literally two high school kids that want to throw this big party to get the girl like Mm -hmm. there are a lot of white movies like like john hughes movies have done this same exact Mm -hmm. topic but the subject matter is different and it's like again i've always been like with this particular movie it works so well because it has the spirit i was watching this i'm like this is that 90s fun done with a modern lens and i'm like calmatic had it It, like he Mm -hmm. it's like thank you you can have that 90s fun and have a good time but you can also do it through a modern like lens and then like between Stephen Glover's like script it was just it's like it felt of this time like that's why again it literally I'll bring it all home again it's like the thing that's killing this movie is people's perception and holding on to nostalgia and honestly it's going back to my conversation I had with my friend because it was like a long conversation, but I was telling, I was explaining to them like this, our use of like nostalgia at a lot of times is very toxic and like it's holding back because we're so nostalgic for certain things. We can't allow things to grow mm-hmm. and because we see that through its nostalgic lens and certain things, that's great. But like I talk, I compared it to like music. It's like, I think about, recently one of my favorite artists is like silk sonic and their album is is basically a celebration of 70s black music Mm -hmm. but again it's done in a very modern way they're not talking about chucking and jiving like they were like the lingo that was done in the 70s they're just taking the sonics and instrumentation but then saying modern things going on with it so it's like but it was still universal enough where everybody like old heads were like, yeah, this is our, this is our music. And then young people who've never heard of Bootsy Collins, like they're going to go in and like, listen to that. So it's like, it's aiding and assisting at the same time. So you can be nostalgic and have, and still have it mean something. But when your nostalgia is so, is so far into your subconscious where like when something new is presented to you through a fresh lens, it's hard for people to take those glasses off because nostalgia is all over them. And yeah, I'm just like, that's the whole thing. Again, the whole point of this movie, people is like, it's its own thing. It is not the original movie. Do not, I repeat, do not go into this movie thinking you are going to see kid in play putting (laughs) on a party and George Clinton's going to show up out of nowhere and spin records. This is not that movie. You're listening to the Bit by Bit podcast presented to you by Smashbox Million. Exactly. The only thing that this movie and that and the original share in common are the title. title. That's it. Pretty much. I mean, because they have nothing in common outside of that. And I mean, in this film, and you know, like I said before, I'll put it. in the title like hey this has spoilers but in this film they watch house party that's how you know this is not set in like the same 
world right. of right. how like of house party because they I almost didn't even like that they named this house party because it's like this should have been its own film like without it because you could tell people are so biased towards house parties you know it's just like you said people are so set in their nostalgia uh there's house party I'm not watching it I don't want to watch it and it's like what like this movie is made for you like if yeah. there's a movie about people going through struggles you're going through you know somebody yeah. going through this and it's the most like realistic thing like you didn't probably relate to kid and play back in 1990 like there's probably like two scenes in that original movie that someone probably related to this movie someone's really relating to these scenes yeah. <laughs> like come on now no you're definitely right man like yeah let's yeah let's kind of go like go a little deeper and more no, yeah things because i'm like i feel i'm not even gonna lie i feel like i'm gonna i don't want this to just be a tangent but i felt i felt myself a little bit but i also needed to get that across because that's like again that's the thing we need to hammer home here people this is not the original 1990 film this is its own thing and yeah i agree with you i feel like if it was titled something different then i feel like a, a lot more people would accept it but because it has that title and that title carries such history mm -hmm. with it that's why it's a lot more people to be more understanding and open-minded to the possibility of this reimagining. But yeah, man, this, like, I'm just going to talk positives. Like this movie was, it was fun. I like, that's, that's the thing. It is good to see a black film where I see characters just having fun. I love that the stakes weren't high. I mean, there were high stakes, but it wasn't like life altering and like political charges. Like this is just, two guys trying to make it and one of the characters is like Scott's trying to take care of their daughter while the other mm -hmm. one just you know doing it for the gram and trying to promote and get big and it's like right out the gate like you mentioned before like that's already relatable already I'm just like yep I understand what I don't you know I can't relate to the the child aspect but I do understand the whole like influencer trying to make it that way i'm just like yeah. already I'm like all right we're already in modern day this is not the 90s trying to with a fresh cone of paint on they're already setting it up already like that and i was all i'm not gonna lie i was already laughing like you know dame the character of damon's character like when his mom just walked in loving jesus and like boy you need to get you need to get out this bed and get out there and <laughs> And she out here, and that's, she's a Jesus-loving woman, but she out here cussing, too. And I'm like, man, that is so real. Because I grew up with people who, like, love Jesus, but they would also cuss out a storm. I'm like, man, that's that's definitely relatable. And I like the uh, the guy, what was his name? Kevin. And uh, yeah. who was it? Jacob Lattimore played. And he's like, oh, I'm going to make beats. And then he has his daughter listening to him. Like, that opening scene, basically, and yeah. you're basically like sitting there with him and he's like how does this sound and she kind of gives him the look like uh, i don't know <laughs> and he's like this one gonna get us out the hood and it's like eh. yeah and then he goes into his parents and you know he, they're like we're selling the house you need to get your own house we didn't got most of this stuff from the riots like that right there tells you how long they've been in this house and how like modern this is from like what since of the 90s they've had this from like 19 was it 90 
92 93 or 94 uh when the night like the 1990s riots happened yeah and then you know they got the stuff in the riots and you know they're honest about it, like hey we didn't got most of our stuff in the riots and you know we're kind of older now we're selling this house you need to get out yeah. you got a kid just to confirm sorry the la i just looked at it uh la riots were in 92 92 yeah. okay yeah so no you're right so they're just saying like hey we got most of our stuff in the riot so you need to get up and bounce you got a kid find a place yeah you're right and i love the yeah you're right about that and i definitely like the opening scene does say a lot like the fact that he's make he's recording on like this unicorn toy (laughs) i'm like if that don't tell you the struggle like just trying like i just need a head i just need a microphone to record my stuff and the fact that he's using his daughter's microphone to record to make his music i'm just Mm -hmm. like if that don't tell you the struggle of trying to make it i don't know what does so already out the gate i was like okay i'm in then you got his friend daman the french way uh yeah daman the french way (laughs) (laughs) domain i don't know man it's like these two it i don't they're just like hilarious because they're polar opposites and the way the characters are introduced they don't sit with the characters too long where it's like okay i don't need to be like I, i don't need to be sitting with these two for like an extended period it's like perfectly at the right amount of yeah. interacting with these two i perfectly understand kevin stakes where he has a daughter he needs money to send her to the best school and he's about to be homeless um his parents stole everything in this house in the 1992 riots damon apparently stinks and he lives with his aunt um and then you have uh melvin Gregg and like all his people who are like party promoters as well and they must yeah. be bloods because they're like decked out and all red all red yeah and they like beating up or they didn't beat up kevin but you know they're like hey uh i don't know i almost like them more than full force from the original house party i don't want to like compare yeah. the two house parties but i almost like them more they were more believable yeah. as bullies i never believed no, I agree. as bullies <laughs> Yeah, they were definitely like they're definitely night and day, but I definitely kind of like I definitely like the their well gang slash party promoters in this one too because I think I like them more because the character of like one of the goons, Larry, like it's his extra just him <laughs> like I'm gonna do this and then I can't I'm gonna be very like I can't say what he does, but he he's, let's just say he says a lot of x-rated things to these people when they don't want to get his way like i'm gonna do bleep 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 and i'm gonna do this with your own i'm just like man and then like the main guy like kyle he's just like dude you gotta chill like we ain't gotta go that far i was like man i I just feel that in my soul i'm like that just extra energy i'm like man this is doing a lot because that's again i feel like hard like I don't know, they're not always, but I feel like the prestige, like, art house critics going to see this movie, I know the first, I've because I've read these type of articles where they're going to probably, like, these characters are overacting and it's over-dramatized and it's ridiculous and mm-hmm. they're over the top. Like, I know that they're, like, probably even our own people, too. I can tell there's going to be a lot of people that see this movie 
And I can hear some black people being like, Damon is just, he do too much for me. Like he can't be my friend. He doing a lot, but I'm also like, Damon, sorry. Damon, the French way. The French way would be like, oh, Damon is like doing too much. He's real extra. But I'm also like, we all know, we all have that friend that's just a little extra. So I'm like, that was already, I'm like, because I kind of thought that way at first. I'm like, okay, he's being a little extra. But then I was like, yeah, I got friends that are extra too. And I'm sometimes can be that extra friend on sometimes in moments. I'm like, again, it's still grounding me in reality. And like, he also was just in his hustle mind too. So, you know, it also make you do some crazy things. And, you know, Demond, the French way was definitely on that. So I like know. that they were cleaners. They didn't have like this job where, you know, it wasn't realistic. They were cleaning this house. And they were like, oh, okay, we have to clean this house. We have no clue whose house this is. And then, um, who is it? Venus tells them, hey, you guys are being fired. And then, you know, it's like that perfect cut to that guy. Oh, yeah, they definitely getting fired. (laughs) Like, (laughs) they for sure getting fired. Oh, that makes sense. And they were, yeah, that's, again, that's another element to where, like, these two are two totally different films. Kid and Play, they're in high school. Kevin and Kevin and Demond, they're cleaners. Like mm-hmm. they're these kids, these guys aren't even in high school. And it also makes sense, you know, when we get to the whole LeBron James using the house, like it kind of made more sense because I'm like, how are because that was actually something I was thinking about, like, how are they gonna run this party in LeBron James's house? Like, what would you have to do? So when they got the job being cleaners, I'm like, that actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously there's exaggerated liberties of course but again it's like if they are going to throw a party how do you get in how do you get into this guy's house and throw a party oh yeah we're already cleaners we have access to all all of his stuff and the entrance ways and stuff so all we got to do is this so i'm like already i was like yeah i can see how they ran this party yeah can i say real quick we got to talk about uh we gotta talk about DC Young Fly, man. This hilarious, hilarious man. Vic, talk about it. Yeah, hilarious. He man, when he came on, first of all, his fit was. I'm like, if this is man, he is. He dressed like, like man, them giant shoes he was wearing, them giant Jordans that were inflated. I'm like, man, these these shoes is bigger than your head like what <laughs> is this and you know he's playing you know for those who don't know um dc young fly plays vic who is their dj mm-hmm. in the movie who plays the music in there but like he has a whole thing where he can't he can't like perform properly unless he's drunk but then we cut to these moments where like yeah man if I, you don't need to be performing while you're drunk because you mm-hmm. need some notorious wild things and the things they cut to i'm just like I was dying. Like I felt embarrassed again. I'm the only one in the theater, but I was like laughing real hard because I'm like, that's funny. DC Young Fly really did make a huge impact on this yeah. film. Cause the baby shower scene with him in the Hennessy bottle was yeah. was priceless as well. Yeah, it was it was fun. And no, to add to that, true, like there's definitely like a movie theater, like an unspoken like movie theater language that you have with people when you go to a theater. And that's yeah, that's an interesting experience but again it's funny first of all i find it interesting that there's like white people middle-aged white people going to go see house part that's already that already we felt i felt like 
that's a scene from the movie right there. Like black people in a theater, the black people laughing up at one scene, but then the white people just like, um, that's funny. Okay. Like, okay. Fuck Donald Trump. All right. Like, man, like that's already a language where I'm like, man, so when we show up, when we going to show up, but like, you know, but it goes back again saying that, you know, every movie has its audience. Yeah. And that's again, going back full circle. It's like, I know the audience for this movie. My whole thing is when I went to the theater, I expected that audience to be there. I did not expect it to be a ghost town. And I'm like, this is, makes me mad as a, as a black film storyteller. I'm like, I was getting pissed. Cause I'm like, where are my people at? Calmatic made this movie for us and we ain't showing up the way we I'm sorry I know it's not I know I rag about it but like it's still a great film but the way people show the way black people showed up for Wakanda forever compared to this movie is literally night and day and I get it they're not on the same budget they're not on the same scale production wise I get it but again as we go full circle into it we need to stop saying we we're the first ones to be like, we need different movies. We need to just make a movie where we're just having fun and laughing and no trauma. And I'm like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the very thing that y'all been crying and complaining about for like years just kicked off the year. But y'all want to talk about this. Y'all want to talk about Megan, though, which I haven't seen it. I've heard that it's good, but I'm like, see it. The fact that, you know, y'all want, but again, that's going back to marketing. I feel like more people saw Megan because that girl and the whole dance thing that she, like, that was everywhere. The marketing for that movie, the fact they did a whole Super Bowl dance performance thing, I'm just like, the marketing for this little indie horror film got ridiculous amount. I'm like, where was this marketing promotion for house party yeah the marketing i mean i know we talked about it a little bit at the beginning but the marketing for house party was pretty trash like there was more marketing on people bashing house party than there was on people positively talking about house party and i feel like they're trying to make it up right now of like hey go see this movie and it's like yeah it's not really doing it like i've seen more people market this movie so far in the past two weeks on saying hey i got this movie on a certain streaming site like illegally and on TikTok illegally than I do uh, than like marketing, you know, from the actual company that put this movie out. Cause I read that this movie was only in a 17 day run in theaters and it was only in limited theaters as well. So that could be a thing. Like, so it already has had like so many things against it. Like it might end up just coming to HBO max um, because I guess yeah. in the name of it, it says um, Warner Brothers and HBO Max in the oh, title. Okay. So it might have already had that. Hopefully it does. So more people can see it in the end, like, you know, because yeah. movies make a lot more money from what I've heard. I could be wrong. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. They make a lot more money in the end from the streaming if they went to theaters at first. Um, yeah. you know, like the Northman, how it didn't make much money at first, then it made a lot in the streaming. Hopefully, yeah. that's the case. Um, yeah, I, I agree. But I yeah. Think, honestly, this is going to be one of those movies where, like, a couple years, probably maybe in the next few months or even years from now, 
there's going to be a black show or movie and there's going to be a scene where some character talks and it's like oh y'all want to do this but y'all want to show for the new for the house party reimagining that came out years ago y'all didn't want to show up for that that movie was actually real good but y'all like oh man it's not the same in the original. I'm like, how would y'all know? Y'all just saw the title in the trailer and y'all just what y'all saw. Y'all didn't even go see the movie, but y'all can show up for some imaginary African confident. Though <laughs> I know people gonna hear this and be like, damn, man, do you really you don't like Wakanda forever? No, I loved it. Yeah, I, I, I love we, I love Ryan Cooler. Yeah, man. to the people Great who are director. listening, we we talk about Wakanda forever off off the mic a lot. We actually we really do. love Ryan. Uh, his wife, like we love the work they do a lot. Um, Absolutely, we just we love black cinema actually a yeah. lot. We're black. We're both black storytellers, so it's yeah. like people can't mind, see like, us, but yeah. we love it. <laughs> we love. It. We're coming from. We both come from a place of like you know, especially me too. Like I'm, we're both coming from a place of passion, and like we know when stuff works, man. Like another element to go into another aspect of the film man they're missing out these if you don't go see this movie you are missing out on a great kid cuddy performance man mm-hmm. y'all man when kid cuddy came on i was like the character that he plays in this i'm like i can tell cuddy got on set and was like i'm going to have fun because he's and really it, just making fun of himself which is so funny exactly because i'm like this is not ugh. Just the way he just the way he's acting and the things that he knows, it's just so against the kid Cuddy that we like know or like the mm-hmm. way he portrayed himself and the twists and turns that go in with him. I'm like, man, y'all missing out on a fire ass kid Cuddy performance because he really came to work on this movie. And yeah, like also you gotta also shout out to Teddy Ray, like seeing seeing him in this movie RIP, like, man. I, I got a little bit i was like oh when i saw him in the scene i was like oh my god and he was like actually like prominent in the movie so like to go full back in again like i think one of the themes the unspoken themes the messages in this movie i love is like i love that it's a love letter to like la and as i kind of yeah. talked about before but didn't go in depth what i will to now is that you can tell like Cal Maddox has always been very adamant about how he loves South Central LA and how it doesn't get enough representation. And in his work, he's always done very well to show like the beauty and the vibrancy of LA culture while also keeping it authentic to what's going on there. And in this movie in particular, like there's a lot of scenes where like he's going into the communities and the areas and you're just seeing all of it just thriving like a lot of people have different perceptions of what LA means and when you think about LA most people just think about LA like you know Hollywood and downtown but like South Central itself is its own character and I love how like in this movie we do see again as I brought before we do see a lot of like LA based like creators I feel like this movie really was made for like the internet age. Cause like I said, for me, I grew up watching people like Dorm Tamant and Spoken Reason, mm-hmm. like all these artists that like basically create like I'm a it's a maybe a hot take, but I think like a lot of like a lot of black LA creatives pretty much control the internet for a good chunk of like the mid to late like two thousands. It was just such a great period. So to see 
like these um LA creatives like kind of showing up in the movie and like actually getting the spotlight it was like really cool because I can tell like Calmag made this for like I'm making this for South Central LA like I'm this is my cinematic in you know, some way a cinematic love letter to that so yeah well I really enjoyed the fact that the piggyback off what you said the fact that it opened with just the montage of it that was something that was interesting uh just like you know like the kid getting a haircut in the barbershop and then just like these images or you know like these still images somewhat of different things people going in barbershops people you know day-to-day lives not really making it something that's like oh it's just this over the top thing it's you know there's a, like you said there's a community here because usually when they have films set from my perspective because i haven't been to the west coast you either hear about hollywood um or you hear about you know it's like drugs and violence and this and that and he's like well i'm going to show you my perspective of this not saying there isn't this happening but i'm going to give you a film that is this like i want to show you a good time like let you have one day and it's like a good time here you know yeah there's a liquor store but he just pulled up in a lambo at the liquor store in a robe (laughs) like it doesn't get more crazier than that the fact that like you know steven glover wrote the script Mm -hmm. it's kind of like we're just going to talk about briefly like another show is like atlanta and it's Mm -hmm. like Everybody talks about how, and it's true, like how surreal Atlanta is and it's so surreal, but it's also like a lot of those moments that people are saying are surreal, the writers have said like, that just happens in life, Mm -hmm. you know? So like all the stuff that y'all are saying are weird. Like that's stuff that we normally deal with here in the, in ATL. So I'm like, so to see him have that same, so to see that Stefan Glover kind of like had that same approach he kind of i can tell he kind of took that aspect and was like okay and he's also him and donald like they've lived in la obviously so they know how to like take a world and it's like okay we're gonna show the stuff that people basically let's be real that white people would think is weird and we're gonna show it like but to us this is just normal so when our people do watch this they're gonna be some people are gonna be like oh that's weird that's unusual like Wait, a brother sharing, uh, a brother like putting out, selling like rip off, like rip off t shirts, like that's weird, but like that's a normal thing within the black community. So, like the fact that he did that to highlight that not once but twice, because at the end, when the whole conclusion happens, yeah. he's out here selling fake LeBron shirts, and LeBron is literally not on the shirt, and it's like that's funny, but it's also like it's uh, adds a level of realism because that actually happens. And so, man, again, people, if we've been saying it over and over again throughout this whole episode, but people, we need to support this movie. We need to support Calmatic. We need to support this film. And you were right. As we were talking, I'm actually, I was on IMDb and yeah, there was a fact where you said about HBO Max, you were right. And it says, according to this, it says that, um, hold on one second. Yeah, it said that the movie was originally intended to be on HBO Max before Warner Brothers decided to give it a 17-day exclusive theatrical release. Okay, so this was intended for HBO Max. Okay, 
I can, now that I have that information, I can kind of understand, I can kind of understand the turnout, why the turnout is what it is, but still at the same time, it's like, again, people, we've been talking about it. We, our people talk about how they want movies where there aren't a lot of high stakes. They just want to have fun, nice, like nineties throwback. Okay. First off, I joke about it because, again, I I, I kind of go on little tangents with people and they're like, I want those movies like in the 90s. And I'm like, yeah, you're a 90s baby, but you were a literal baby in the <laughs> 90s. Okay? When people say like, I want something from the 90s, I get it. We were not, we were born in the 90s that watched 90s reruns in the 2000s. That is true. That's what we are. We need to stop saying, we need our parents and grandparents can say they want when they say they want 90 stuff they actually lived it so when i hear millennials and gen zers saying that we need those 90s throwbacks i'm like bro you weren't ma'am sir you weren't even actually you weren't conscious enough to actually be aware of what kind of time period you were even in you were just raised on watching TBS and watching Martin and Fresh Prince on BET on repeat. That's why you know about all these 90s shows so much. But even then, like, to be real, that's a product of its time. You know, a lot of those, the theme and subject that they handled in those shows back in, the, in those Black movies and shows in the 90s, they were fun, but they were also a product of the time because there are a lot of moments in those shows and episodes where they're kind of problematic. And so when I watch some of these things, I'm like, when people say, we got to bring that back, I'm like, there's there's certain things we don't need to bring back. <laughs> Not at because, all. Because, <laughs> you know, there's literally moments where they talk about, man, there's, I forget which 90s Black show or movie it was, but they literally made a joke about like, man, I wish Cosby was my daddy. Really? We bringing that back? Come on. Like, Certain things, again, we talk about nostalgia and it's like, I feel like this is one of those moments where we, unfortunately, we have allowed, we might have not meet, not you and I, because we're obviously supporters, but a vast majority of our community has decided because of nostalgia for an, a classic, we're already coming in bias. And yet we're the ones at the gates being like, we need new stuff. We need new things. And I'm like, there's new stuff in front of you, people. There's a clap. There's a '90s. There's a there's a film. This film is made in the spirit of the '90s, which before I forget, because I literally have it here in my note. The biggest one, because you and I, I and they did the scene tributing Belly. Ooh. You were the first person. Because <laughs> I don't you know, ready? this man worships this movie like it's nobody he worships this film so the fact that they me do and a- t going back to africa yo <laughs> t we going back to africa yo you are like the biggest belly hater i'm not if evil. i get hype williams on this podcast one day you owe me a million dollars Man, listen, sure. I will I'll even gladly I will come on just to even bring up my points to discuss with him because listen, people, I've said this many times. Belly is a classic. It is stylistically, it's great. But when we talk about the opening scene, classic. Yes, the 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 black and white, not black, I'm sorry, not black and white, but the blue and the black and the eye, like it's it's stylistically, it's 
fire. It's incredible. But the rest of this plot and certain things, I'm like, this don't make no sense. It is ridiculous. But I digress. We're not here to talk. We're not here to talk trash about the movie. It is a classic. Oh, I'm never talking trash about the movie. I just have some issues with it. But there's a moment in this movie where Mm -hmm. they do make a callback to Belly. And I was Mm -hmm. like, that that is that scene right there i'm like this is why this movie works it's acknowledgement that it's a product of the 90s but done through a modern contemporary lens and i'm like this is why i'm like movies like this and they're not on the same caliber but like shows shows like insecure like Mm -hmm. we're seeing these research we're seeing we're now i do think we're in a new resurgence of black media where like Where a lot, and also like perfect example, Abbott Elementary, shout out to Princess Bronson, like incredible. And she's also a product of the 90s, but she's making things through a contemporary lens, you know? And also Issa Rae, and like, Mm. like these are all artists, they're making these, they're obviously lovers of like, there was a perfect example, Issa Rae, she did a photo shoot where she dressed up as all these different characters from the nineties. Like she dressed up like Steve Urkel and other characters from nineties shows, but she has that affinity, but she also knows like it's nostalgia, but we need to now talk about things through a modern lens. And so I feel like that's what this house party movie does where it's like, yeah, you know, we love the night. We love the nineties movie and we have moments where we reference this and do little callbacks and have cameos, but like, outside of that we're our own movie guys like we're not trying to be kid and play this is kevin and demon the french way like french way. we are our own <laughs> thing people we are not trying we're not trying to reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. we're not trying to make a new we're not trying to make a re or a commentary on the original or talk bad about it we're just we're literally just here to have a good time and that's when, like, at the end of the day, I feel like that's what you and I both took away from this movie. And we both walked out like, man, that was a good time. I yeah. had fun. Like, the fact that you saw it twice, I'm kind of envious. In my mind, I've even thought about going to go see it again. But this time, I might actually bring somebody with me and stuff. Because I'm like, I would hate to go back and then be another empty theater experience. Like, I need to, like, bring some friend, like, bring a friend or two or something. Like, no, I showed my dad the second time. Ex- I need to experience it with somebody else because I, no. I need people like, yo, we need to go see this movie. Like, no, I, sh- I showed my dad the second time and he was like, wow, I liked it. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, we've seen the original House Party a bunch of times right. and, you know, that's like a big thing. He loves Robin Harris, um, like, yeah. you know, the comedy of Robin Harris and especially in House Party, the first one, the original. But it's just, you know they're apples to oranges of films like people try to like oh it's not the original film and he watched this one and was like this is a good movie like you know it's a pretty good movie like he didn't say like oh man it's not the original movie like he made the joke it's not the original <laughs> and i'm like what and then he's like no i'm joking it's actually a really good movie and i'm like now maybe i should give you a twitter account and <laughs> go tweet this out there to the world you're gonna get bashed but that's it <laughs> Like, I don't know why people can't understand that. It's one thing if you have a compelling opinion against something, that's completely okay. But to just say, I don't want to watch it because it's not the original film and I won't support it. 
And if, if you're going to say that, that's completely fine. That's understandable. But also somewhat understand this is someone's first film as well. And right. that's a lot of pressure on one person. And the person actually did a good job. And this yeah. person also is doing two major films back to back. Like, yeah. this made me excited to now see White Man Can't Jump. Like, I like the yeah. original White Man Can't Jump. And I'm like, oh, they're doing another White Man Can't Jump? Okay, cool. Cal Maddox doing it? All right, I like his music videos. He's doing House Party? All right, sweet. So then I seen House Party? I'm like, I can't wait to see how uh, White Man Can't Jump now. Like, his vision is amazing. Like, I really can't wait. I agree, man. I'm excited because when they announced that, like, when Jack Harlow was supposed to be in it, I was like, wait, what is going on? But then again, you're right. When I saw this movie and, like, I was all, like, Calmatic was, again, is somebody that I revered and kind of looked up to for quite a while. And so when he announced his feature debut, I was I was ready. I was already just going in just on the support of that. And so to see that, and we've talked about it before offline, but like the fact, I will admit, I can, I think that he is the first music video director that's actually made a solid film outside of music videos because all these other music video directors, I'm sorry, like it's again, I've, I've, I've talked about it outside of this where like, I get it. Music video directors, I'm not saying what their job isn't to do is important, but when you're a music video director, your job specifically is to make a song, make a visual associated to this particular song. And you don't have to think about plot and story and characters and themes and subtext. Like it can literally just be a vibe. That's mm-hmm. you don't have to think deep and be all meta and stuff. I mean, some videos, like I'll say, for example, like, and he's worked with him, like. Kendrick Lamar's music videos to me at this point they're not even music videos they're short films yeah because you you can just you know when a music video is actually like being a film or a short film because like I even love that he even like when he promotes his videos he don't even say like music video he's saying short film or film and I'm like and when you see the videos they they carry themselves like that whereas you know most music videos is just like the artist got a lip sync to the song and they're doing it in various locations, situations. But the issue is when a music video director tries to translate into the feature film world, they now have to be like, yeah, we, you're great at the style and visual element, mm-hmm. but now you're doing a feature film. So now you got to focus on stuff that normally you're not supposed to be focused on, which is character and backstory and script and like actual like having a structure and plot and intention and reason for why what you're doing and because of that a lot of music video directors miss the mark another one example is you know director x who is known for working with drake and a lot of big artists basically hype williams's protege and you know he's a really great music video director but when he announced he was doing the reimagining of Superfly, I was like, I walked out of that movie like, this is what I'm talking about. Because it was like, it didn't know if it it wanted to be a modern film, but the characters were dressed like 70s sci-fi, like the, oh, this is the bad group, so we got to make them all white and this person all black. And It was still in the 70s, but it was still in 2015 i think or yeah. 16 or something like that 
and it didn't translate. It was visually appealing. It was still amazing, but the I think the script wasn't fully there. And yeah. some aspects is just not fully there. And I agree, like certain video music video directors don't make amazing or not amazing, but they don't make the best, um, you know, filmmakers. Um, and it's just like or feature filmmakers. Calmatic so far, like, you know, with this house party debut, he nailed it out the park. Like he really did like hit it out the park. Yeah, he really did. And it still felt, that's the thing, like, he's, to me, I can now say if I ever meet him, like, he is the first example of a music video director, like, where he brought his style, his aesthetic, his love, his, his love of LA and culture in this movie, while also telling an interesting and unique story. So it's like, you can, I watch this movie, I'm like, oh, you actually can do both. You can be stylish and have your own touch to things while also telling a unique and interesting story and one more element to talk about this movie which again i really enjoyed a lot the soundtrack is great i yeah. love oh, it's the amazing soundtrack to this. i read like the song choices again you can tell this man loved like he's playing a lot of 90s throwbacks that are good mm-hmm. again they serve the story it wasn't just like hey we're nostalgic we're gonna play we're going to play these songs because you remember yeah. them from the nineties. Like it still served the story while also reminding you like, yeah, we're paying homage while also having fun. Like, no, he throw like the songs, each song drives the story forward or drives the scene forward. And it has to do with the scene. And it's like perfectly dealing with that scene. It's like curated for each scene. Like exactly. that soundtrack for this movie is really good. I was like, "Wow, okay, he I don't know if talented fella." Absolutely, and for me personally, as you kind of already know, like for me personally, it hit a chord because you know, music is a very big element in the work that I do, and I'm very, very meticular about meticulous about what kind of music I use in my work. So to see him like do that as well, I mean, first of all, he's a music video director, so your ear is already on point. But the fact that every song both set the tone and the vibe, but also like serve the story, I'm like, see, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is going to be the textbook. I'm like, people, watch this. Like music video directors, if you're trying to make feature films and series and stuff, like we get it. You got hired because you know how to style shoot somebody well and you know how to work a camera but like now we need you to focus on what matters which is story and character and use those elements that you're good at but actually serve it in an actual narrative and overall that's the difference between why it's so difficult for music video directors to make it in the film feature film world because they're come from a world where they don't have to focus on narrative Mm -hmm. music video directors actually this would make a really cool youtube video like Music video directors are more focused on creating a vibe, whereas feature film or Hollywood director, other type of director, they're more focused on narrative. For the new year, what are some things you're working on and where can people find you at, Brandon? Thanks. I appreciate that, man. Well, I'm currently actually finishing up post-production on a new short film that I'm working on right now. It's called... The film is called Side B, and it's about a record store owner that 
comes to has a very unique revelation through the power of music. So mm-hmm. it's a it's definitely a personal passion project. It's definitely the culmination of a lot of things. It's definitely like overall, it's my love letter to music. And I'm honestly like I'm currently in the I'm currently in post now and very soon we should it'll honestly it'll be out next month so i'm excited to get that out into the world and yeah you guys can find me at renavision that's r-e-n-a vision and i have that's on instagram and on my website and just support movies that aren't heavy this is a good time y'all want to say y'all love music and songs i have a good time there's a whole movie out right now that's made for us by us so please support and support this podcast and support my friend Malik because he's out here doing a damn thing. He's been wanting to do a podcast for so long. And I'm going to say this on air because I I feel this way. I'm very proud of you for continuing to be persistent in this pursuit because you've been oh, talking thanks. about it for a long time. And I was actually thinking about it the other day. I just love that everybody in my circle right now one of the main things I noticed everybody in my circle is, is persistent. And even if they had an idea for so long, they still had their eye on their prize between you trying to get this podcast off the ground, what you've done and see my friends talk about making an album and they're finally getting it out there. Like, I love that, man. So if I had any little bit of nugget, I want to give out there to y'all just like, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you love, like, it does. Don't worry about the length of time to get to it. Just be persistent. Keep doing the work necessary to get it happening. And sooner or later, you're going to realize, oh, I wanted to make a podcast and I want to do it for so long. And the more work and persistence you put into it, eventually you're going to be like, oh, I'm shooting. I'm recording my 10th episode right now. Who would have thought? <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Mm-hmm.